You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. All right, we're going to pick up again this week. We started this series last week. I'm going to do very little review this morning because I think there are some specific things we need to get to today. We started this series last week uh, just called To See Good Days. Um, I'm going to go to Psalm 34. You can, go, you, can, you can go there with me if you want, or you can go over to uh, Psalm 100. That's where we're headed this morning. But in Psalm 34, this was kind of our primary foundation verse. And, and again, if you weren't here last week, I'd really encourage you to listen to the podcast a couple of times or watch the YouTube video uh, whatever, but pick up. We laid a lot of foundation that we're not going to have time to go back over this morning. But uh, I, I told you that this all started in me in talking to uh, some various people, but one in particular, who was just having, he was in a very low point in his life, and he was at a place where he could, he could uh, enumerate all of the blessings that are in his life. He could, he could recite the good things that are going on in his life, the things that he has, the things that the Lord has done. Is that me? What do you want me to do? Okay. Hang on. I'm a slave to Lucas. Thank you, Lucas. Uh he could tell you all of those things and yet for himself at that moment he couldn't see those things he couldn't he knew they were there but they were having no effect on his perception of his life his life felt dark it felt hopeless it felt uh not so much hopeless as pointless i guess and that's kind of, again, I, I'm not a psychologist, but that gets somewhere into the area of depression. You know, that's what happens in our lives. So this verse in Psalm 34, these couple of verses here, says, this is from the NIV, it says, Whoever of you loves and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies, turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. So what we're pulling out of that is number one, says, whoever loves life and desires to see many good days or have a long life of good days is what is meant there, then do these things, all right? And so a couple of major points from that are, without even going into the things that are listed there, we went over to the book of James and we talked about the fact that it is the doer of the word that is blessed but we all know we're not supposed to do things out of legalism. We're not supposed to do things uh, to try and earn God's blessing. It isn't about that. The idea is that Christ, through his work, has provided every spiritual blessing. They're all ours already in Christ Jesus. We, and, and the Bible, even in Romans 5, 2, it says, our faith accessed, it gave entrance. Our faith reached out, grab hold, grabbed, grab holded, grabbed hold of the grace of God, the provision of Christ from the cross, and gave us 
access in such a way that we now, it says we stand in this place of grace. So we as believers are standing in a full environment of God's blessing and favor that comes through grace. We can't earn it. It cannot be earned, but it does have to be appropriated by faith. So something, see if you can untwist this in your head, uh, because I I never do. Um, Something that we already, is already ours, belongs to us, and we're standing in, has to be accessed by faith. It's ours, but it's through faith that we access grace. And it's through, and Annie just said it, it's through as we live with that faith in our heart that produces corresponding actions. And we begin to do some, we begin to do different things and not do some things. And that's what this verse is saying. It says, if you want to see good days, and I believe that means two things. I mean, I, th- I believe it means experience good days, have good days, but I think it also means be able to perceive and enjoy those good days that you're having. The person I'm talking about, they were there, there were good things in his life, but he could no longer perceive them because where, of his, his, where his internal life had gone. All right, so, so it says if you want to see good days, then start applying, start pushing into these things in your life. Here are some things to avoid, here are some things to do. The key to this, as we continue to look at it, is no matter what we talk about, as far as things to do or things to avoid, we talked about a list of them last week. No matter what we talk about, the key to all of this is keeping your heart in a place where you're never stepping into legalism. You're never doing it to earn a specific response from God because it doesn't work. It does not work that way. It does not work that way. What Christ has provided cannot be earned, but it does have to be appropriated. It has to be received by faith. All right? So what I felt like the Lord put on my heart for this, to work with this, were, were several, several, uh, several parts of our, our Christianity, primarily thanksgiving. Okay, again, what we're, what we're trying to say is, Let's change that internal perception so that we can begin to see and enjoy and rejoice in and live in the blessing we all know we have on good days and bad days, okay? And, and so to do that, there are some keys that God has given us. And a few of them are thanksgiving, praise, worship, and testimony. And we're not going to get through all those this morning. But so go over to Psalm 100 with me. You know, this is really, this is really simple and yet it's so profound. It's, it, this is how the Lord wants us to live. So Psalm, Psalm 100, beginning in verse 1, it says, this is an instruction, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. You could say all you people, all you people groups, all right? All you families, all you peoples, all right? Make a joyful noise to the Lord. So God does like noise. Okay, for those of you that want everything silent all the time, heaven is going to be a problem. It's it's not. I think there. I think there are there are times in worship where we can't speak, and I love those times. We can't speak. We've been in times in worship where the presence of God is so heavy we can't. I mean, heavy in a good way. You can't get off your face. You can't make nobody in the room can make a sound because of the 
awe of the presence of God. That's a, that's a good place in worship. All right. But there's also praise, there's rejoicing, there's singing, there's shouting, there's clapping. There are all of these expressions that go with thanksgiving, with praise, and, and to some degree with worship. All right, but this says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. And, and to me, the, the point of that is, number one, God likes us to be glad. We should be glad in our service of the Lord, but also I believe that gladness as a choice when things aren't going well is a sacrifice and a service to the Lord. I choose to be glad because of who I know God is, even though this day stinks. Okay, from a natural perspective, I don't care. I will be glad. That whole thing is a service to the Lord. Serve the Lord in gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Now we're going to get into this a lot more, this whole idea of coming before the presence of God or entering into the presence of God. We all know that God exists everywhere all the time. But when the Bible talks about these kinds of things, it's talking about coming into a, a full awareness of God's presence or, or uh, into a place where God's presence is being manifested and it's obvious and it's tangible and he's doing things in our midst. So it says, come before his presence with singing. No, and this is one of the reasons we can do that. No, perceive, recognize, and understand. This is the Amplified. With approval, okay, that the Lord is God. All right, the fact that we know that God is God and we are not. God is God and our culture is not. God is God. The fact that we know that changes everything. It's like we just saying, it changes everything. It changes our perception of everything. It leads us into a place to be thankful and to praise. It says, it is he who's made us, not we ourselves, and we are his. That is a revelation. We belong to him. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. If you just dwell on that for a while, it will lift you up. The fact that God cares for you, that God, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, you give your heart to Jesus. You invite him. You pray a simple but heartfelt prayer saying, Jesus, I'm asking you, I'm giving my life to you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Take this life and make great things of it. I yield myself to your Lordship. You pray that prayer you get born again. He puts his spirit inside of you and you belong to him. You are, you are his people. You are his family. You are his child. Again, when you get that on the inside, it changes your whole perspective on everything. So the psalmist is just giving us some good reasons for the things that he's going to say to us. So he goes on and he says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and a thank offering and into his courts with praise. Be thankful and say so to him. All right, we'll come back and go through this. Bless and affectionately praise his name for or because. Here's why you can be glad, you can rejoice, you can be hopeful, you can be strong every day, no matter what. 
how, no matter what your emotions are doing, no matter what that day is, is like, why? Because the Lord is good and his mercy and loving kindness are everlasting. They never stop. They never go away. His love, his mercy toward us. It is every day. It is all the time. It never goes away. And God is good. No matter what happens in life, God is good. And if you can wrap your, it is the truth, whether you ever wrap your heart around it or not, okay? You, you can take or leave that truth for yourself. You have that right, but it doesn't change the truth and only changes your experience of it, okay? But when you wrap your heart around that truth, then, then you have the foundation to be thankful no matter what's going on. You have the foundation to be able to praise God no matter what is going on. We've said this a lot of times. I think it's a great thought that on this earth where things aren't always going right, this is the only place we get to make the choice to praise God as a sacrifice, to give a sacrifice of praise. Because I don't feel like it. Things around me aren't going well. I'm experiencing this. I'm experiencing that. And yet I choose to praise God. When we get to heaven you aren't going to have that opportunity because things aren't going to be going bad, you know? So it's, it, this is the place to make that sacrifice of praise. And it changes us and it changes other things. It says, finishing up that verse, that his faithfulness and truth endure for all generations. All right. So he talks about, he uses these two terms, he uses these terms of joy and gladness, okay, to come before his presence with gladness and joy. I just want to tell you what they mean. So those two words, they refer to a spiritual reality. Joy is a spiritual reality. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, the New Testament tells us. All right, so it's a spiritual reality. It's not just an emotional feeling. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. You can have uh, overflowing joy in your heart and not, uh, it will produce the emotion of happiness, but it's not the emotion of happiness. The difference is happiness is so, it is circumstance related. It is when my circumstances are going good, well, then I'm, I'm happy. Joy supersedes all that. It, it's a spiritual element that the Lord releases in our heart. It comes all the fruit of the Spirit comes from relationship with the Lord. It comes from spending time with Him. Abiding in Him and Him abiding in us, Jesus told us. And, and we produce fruit. And some of that fruit is referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, So both of those words refer to both an experience and a manifestation of joy, pleasure, gladness, and celebration. The Hebrews use this, the Jews use this, to the same word to describe their celebrations, their festivals. It was the heart of their feasts before the Lord. And those feasts, most of them went on for days. They were worshipful. They were also celebratory. They were joyful. Okay, and, and that's, you know, joy and gladness. Joy has to be expressed. All right, joy, it, it lives on the inside of us, but it's it's going to give expression in some way. And when we allow joy to be expressed, when we don't, you can override the joy that the Holy Spirit's trying to release in you. You can override that with, with 
just by the force of your will, really, by giving your attention to the negative things around you instead of who God is. You can override that joy. You can hold, you can push that down. You can, but if you will instead get your focus back on God and allow the joy that he gives, it is so much deeper than happiness. I wish I had better words for it. But if you can allow that that fountain and foundation of joy to begin to flow from you, it brings cleansing. It cleans out a lot of stuff that's on the inside. Does this make sense to you so far? So he talks in this psalm about drawing near to the presence of God. Enter into, he said, enter into his gates. All right, so that's, that's one place. Like, just think about coming into this building. You come in the front door, all right, gates. It's the first step into the building. He says to do that through thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a vehicle that brings you into the very first part of of an awareness of God's presence. All right. And then he says, and into his courts, that's a little farther in. All right. This This all comes from a picture of the temple. There are gates. Then there were outer courts, inner courts. Finally, the Holy of Holies. We get to go all the way in because we're Christians and Jesus has made the way. There's not a curtain. It's not just for the priests, it's for all of us. But, but this is a, I just want you to see this, that this, it's not that we are separate from God or that God's not here. What we're really talking about is through these elements of thanksgiving and praise, we can move into a very tangible awareness of God's presence that leads us to worship. Whereas if we don't apply these things in our life, we'll go through life. We know God's there. We know the truth. We know what his word says. We have some prayer time, but we don't experience his presence and all that comes out of his presence. These are very, I don't want to call them tools, but I mean, they're very practical ways Thanksgiving changes us. It, it, it refocuses our heart. Well, I'll give you a whole list in a second. Praise changes us. It isn't to stroke God's ego. It is to put us in the place where we can have that real intimacy with the Lord. Okay? And again, it says, you know, all of this is because God is good. His loving kindness uh, endures forever. So, Thanksgiving and praise, we'll just try to get to the first two of those in the few minutes we have left. Thanksgiving and praise. One of the things that those do is they clear clogs out of our hearts. When we give ourselves, I'm talking about on purpose, taking time to be grateful to God and before God. And on purpose, letting that gratefulness lead us into praise. All right. When we do that, it'll start to clear stuff out of our heart. So here's a list. I'm sure this list could go on forever, but these are the ones I have for us today is that thanksgiving and praise serve, first of all, to clear the clogs out so that we can have meaningful encounters with the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I I want that in my life, I want to have those those times where I get so close and face to face with the Lord that I hear what he's saying. I receive what he has. My heart is changed. I am changed on the inside. To me, that's kind of the whole point of our relationship with the Lord is to know him better and receive what he has so that I'm transformed. I'm not, I do not want to be the same person in five years that I am today. 
I do not want to be, I mean, I could say this all the way back. I sure don't want to be the person I was 35 years ago. You know, I, I, I want to continue through my whole life to experience that transformation. And that comes from that intimate time in the Holy Spirit, that intimate time with the Lord. Okay, so everyday living will put clogs in that in our heart, in that flow, in that place of flow between us and the Lord. Uh, things that if we give ourselves to anger, if we give ourselves to fear, we give ourselves, you know, voices come in to try and bring fear. They come in to try and bring offense. They come in uh, to, to try and get us off track, to try and get us uh, into doubt, to try and get us in a place where we're um, worrying over things, to try and get us in a place where we are reliant, we've stepped back and we're relying on our own abilities instead of God's. It's, it's like it, those kinds of things clog the flow, especially offense and fear. Forgiving people opens this up. There's so, there's so many things that can just clog up this flow. And I'll use this example. This is Karen's example, okay? We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago and she came up with this. How many of you have had a clogged shower drain? Yeah. I don't know how you do it, but the way we do it is we run something down there. Yeah, Fred's probably seen a few of these. Uh, you know, maybe you take a hook or something, especially or a sink drain, you know, something close. I'm not talking about something that's clear outside your house. And you start pulling that stuff out of there. And it's this gross, black, hairy, soapy, disgusting stuff. That's what thanksgiving and praise does for us. It clears. And when you get that out of the way, it just starts flowing. The shower or the sink or whatever just starts flowing because that clog is out of the way. And that's what, when we begin, and I'm telling you, I, I don't know how else I can say this, so I'll just keep repeating myself. We have to be intentional. When we're feeling like garbage, we need to start on purpose thanking God. What do we thank him for? This is where this idea of testimony that we're not going to talk about today comes, it, it, it weaves its way through all of this because testimony is a written or spoken record of who God is and what he has done. And yes, it's a, it's a record of what he has done in our lives, but it's also a record of just everything he's ever done, everything Jesus did, everything God did before that, everything we've seen him do in other people's lives, in other people's world. Those are all the psalmist. I think it's in Psalm 119. He said, Lord, I have taken your testimonies as my inheritance. So what he was saying was, I've taken the parting of the Red Sea. That's my miracle. I wasn't there. But that's my miracle. God can put, move anything out of the way to set me free and to move me from captivity to freedom, right? I, I see the walls of Jericho coming down. That's my miracle, okay? I see Wendy's finger grow back. That's my miracle, okay? I see, I see the things that happen in your lives. Those are my miracle. Why? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's no respecter of persons. And so what he's done before, he'll do again. So when I start to give thanks, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start thinking about who God is. And I'm going to start thanking him for it. Remember what it said back there in Psalm 100? We don't have it up anymore. In the Amplified, it said, 
um, it said to give him a, a, a thank offering, number one. So that's a sacrifice. That's where it's an offering. It's a sacrifice. I don't feel like being thankful, but I will be. And then it said, be thankful and say so to him. Be thankful. A lot of us are good at being thankful. <laughs> and say so to him. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you for your righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you that you your thoughts are toward us and that all those thoughts are good. And you can just go on and on. And that is a part of your testimony. You start to think thank him. And then you can start thanking him for the hot water that comes out the tap, for the beautiful morning we had this morning with the little sliver moon, you know, for the, the place that we get to live, for the all of the things. I can't remember. I can't think of it now. There was another one I thought of the other day. It was just such a basic thing. We don't even think of it. And the majority of the world doesn't have it. And we just, you know, it's just here. And I can't think what it was. But there, we've got plenty of those. So here's what happens when we become thankful that it starts to remove those clogs and you'll feel it. You'll feel yourself begin to move toward praise and praise is a little different. Let's go through Thanksgiving. So here are just some things that it does. This purposeful giving of thanks. Be thankful and say so to him. So you're taking time to actually thank him, okay? Everybody got that part? So I don't have to say it again. Thanksgiving, thanksgiving <laughs> that's the word, defeats the lack mentality. When we begin to give thanks, we aren't focused anymore on what we don't have. We're focused on what we do have and what God has done. Where there is a lack, we're focused on what God has done in the past and he will do again. We're focused on the fact that he has promised that he will meet every need by his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It defeats that lack mentality. And here's another one. Listen up. Generosity, okay? You, you defeat the lack mentality all of a sudden, you're ready to be generous because you're not focused on what you don't have. You're focused on the abundance of what God has given. And you have this sense that you have this huge provision in every area of life behind you. All of a sudden, I can give away friendship. All of a sudden, I can give away. I can open my heart to somebody because you know what? God's got my back. God's got my heart. I can, I can give away my money. I can give away my groceries because you know what? There's, I have a source of supply. And so generosity that comes from thanksgiving, it breeds generosity. Generosity fuels seed time and harvest living. When I have generosity in my heart, I can easily plant seed. And seed time and harvest, all right, it begins to sow into my future. Is this making sense to you? So I'm being thankful for something that maybe I haven't even seen yet, but through that thanksgiving, I start to sow seed that changes my future. So it, it totally, thanksgiving totally defeats the lack mentality. It defeats an entitlement mentality because that an entitlement mentality is inherently selfish. It says, I deserve, all right? Thanksgiving activates humility. It activates humility in us. It, it says, I'm so thankful for what you've done, and I didn't deserve any of it, and, but I receive it. Thank you. Right? So it, so it, it just totally erases 
uh, an entitlement mentality in us. Okay, Thanksgiving resets our focus. It gets our eyes off the natural and temporal circumstance, off of ourselves or our own ability, and it puts them back on the God of the possible. Okay, it, it, it resets my focus. When I start to thank God, I start stepping through his gates. I start moving toward him. I start to be more aware of who he is and what he's done and what he'll do again. Is this making sense to you? Okay. The scripture tells us to give thanks in, this is in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It tells us rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. All right, in everything. Doesn't say give thanks for everything. That's a mistaken understanding in Christianity. I'm supposed to thank God for what the devil's trying to do in my life. No, you're not. But in the midst of an attack, we give thanks. All right, so in everything. All right. Um, We want to give thanks for his nature. So again, I start thinking about who he is, what he's like, what he has shown me in Christ, what he is, when I can look at Jesus and I can see what God's nature is like, I begin to recount and thank him for those. And I thank him for his works, the things that he has done, the things he's done for me, the things he's done for others. I think we need to, this just works for me, might work for you. What I find really helps is to give thanks for the smallest blessing I can think of. Just start giving thanks for the tiniest stuff that I normally just kind of go by in life and I don't think about that I should be thankful for it. I take it for granted and I begin to thank God for that. It's like if I'm aware of his provision in the smallest things, it'll be really easy to thank him for the big things. Okay, so I I just recommend that. Just start thanking him for the smallest and do it consistently just develop this you know they call it a gratitude attitude you know it's and and so you're going through your day remembering to be thankful and say so and of course you can apply this to other people too you know i mean i i don't know how you would do this with god and not have that awareness start to apply to other people and be more grateful for what they do and who they are in your life all right And then finally, express your gratitude to God. We already said this, out loud, okay? Out loud. Well, I'm kind of, I don't care. Do it out loud. Do it in your car, go outside, do it on your break at work, whatever. This was, I remember people saying, you know, oh, I don't mind wearing a mask. I can just pray in tongues all day in church or in my work, you know? It's just nobody knows, you know? So you can do, you know, so anyway. Don't have to wear a mask to do this, but I'm just saying. All right, so we've got about four minutes left. Um, Let's just jump over here. We'll probably come back to it. So Thanksgiving, what it does when we start doing that on purpose, all right, it leads us into praise. It said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts. So we go a little deeper into an awareness of God's presence through praise. They're, They're related but they're a little different, okay? Praise uh, recalls who God is and what he has done. I mean, I'm sorry, thanksgiving recalls who God is and what he's done. Praise starts to declare who God is and what he has done. Praise starts, it's just this next level of declaration. 
And remember what the scripture said there, and in, in we read it in Psalm 8 too this morning, and Jesus also quoted it, that when we begin to praise, particularly out of those innocent hearts, but when we begin to praise God, Jesus said that praise silences the mouth of the avenger or of the enemy. That's a really important scripture. That means if you feel, I have people tell me all the time, oh, the devil's attacking me and I'm having these thoughts come. Okay, he does that. He tries to shoot those flaming arrows into your heart and and get you to leave them there or let them catch the rest of you on fire. But praise will silence those voices. That The devil can't stand up against genuine praise for God. There is a power released. I believe when we come together, we pray this a lot of times, we come together, whether it's Sunday morning or for a worship night, and we all begin to praise God. Sunday mornings, there are people all over this valley gathering in groups and praising God. I believe that gives other people who are not giving themselves to this a better opportunity. It silences the mouth of the enemy and it gives them an opportunity to realize I need God in my life and to come to or closer to Christ simply because we get together. We're not yelling spiritual warfare. We're not doing, we're just, I mean, that's okay, but that's not, you know, you just are praising God. It silences the mouth of the enemy. It'll do it in your life. I believe it does it over the community. I, I believe it has just far reaching power. All right. Praise celebrates God's nature and works out loud. Praise is always out loud. Worship can be silent. Praise is not. Praise is out loud. It always is. I'm almost done. You still with me? Good, because I'm not quitting. Uh, So praise is always vocal and outward. There's no such thing as silent praise. All right. And then I already gave you that one. Praise silences the mouth of the avenger. Let me just give you these and, and we'll be done. Jesus, or, or this is again from Psalms, out of the mouths of babes and unweaned infants, you have established strength. Jesus quoted that word strength as praise because of your foes. So God did this on purpose, all right? Because of his foes, I think, you know, it, it has to do with our foes that are his foes, that you might silence the enemy and the avenger, all right? The word established is a Hebrew word that means it lays a foundation on which a structure can stand. All right, so out of our praise, God establishes a foundation for strength against the enemy. He establishes the foundation and then it can be built upon. The word strength means God's might and power. It is a strong, defendable position an unassailable fortress. Get this, this word from the Hebrew means the internal fortitude that God gives an individual. So that means as I begin, I I come through Thanksgiving, I move into praising God. God establishes internal strength in me, internal fortitude. Uh, in the inside of me that is an unassailable fortress. It is a strong, defendable position. All of a sudden, I have God's might and power working on the inside of me. I'm telling you, on your worst day, this 
works. I wish I had a better term for it. But he said, do these things. If you want to begin and enter into and spend time in his presence, these are keys. These are steps. All right. And we're not going to go there. We're not going to look at it. I'm not going to switch slides. But what happens is we become more and more aware of the presence of God. This is why we start services with worship, is it helps us all come in and get aware of God's presence so that we can receive, not just from the word, but from everything that happens while we're together, we can receive from God. So, you, so we come in and we go through thanksgiving, we go through praise, we become more and more aware. And all of a sudden we reach that point where we are just fully aware of God's presence and his purposes toward us, his manifest presence. And worship happens. Worship is our natural response to that awareness of God's presence. Worship, suddenly, sometimes we do go silent. Sometimes we continue to sing or express or pray or pray in the spirit or whatever. Sometimes we're on our knees. Sometimes we're on our faces. Sometimes we're standing. Sometimes we're crying, whatever it is. But worship rises out of us at the awareness of God's presence. And that's the place where we can really be transformed. That's the place where we can hear the heart of God. And God wants it for us all the time. This isn't supposed to be, oh, I, you know, twice a year I connect with God. God wants this for us all. We can have this on good days and bad days. Did you get anything out of this? Let's stand up and pray this morning. I will let you go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, first of all, my prayer this morning is just, I thank you so much for your heart toward us. I thank you that you have given us, you've created us. We're like instruments, Lord. You've just created us for this place of intimacy and worship with you. And and even through the fall, Lord, even through the fall of man and then the redemption that you've brought, God, you, you restore us to this position where, Lord, we can have an intimate face-to-face relationship with you. And I'm so grateful for it. And I just pray that for all of us in this place, Lord, all of us, I think everybody here wants more and more and more of you. So, Father, help us to apply these things to our life. Teach us how, teach us where, teach us when. Show us how to do this. Where, we, where we're having a lousy day and we want to go to Thanksgiving, Holy Spirit, remind us, show us, God, when we're blind to it, what to be thankful for and help us to say it out loud, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, we thank you that as we gather to praise you and to worship you in this place, as hearts gather all over this valley, we believe the mouth of the enemy is silenced and people have an opportunity to make a different choice for Jesus Christ. We thank you for it this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ah. That's good stuff. Let's give God a clap this morning. God, you're so good. You're just good. All right, we're going to be dismissed this morning. We always have some snacks out here, so hang around, enjoy yourselves, fellowship for a while. And uh, as always, we're going to say on the count of three that Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world, and we'll be dismissed. So one, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Go out there and be the church.
Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.